Welcome to another week of the Sports Block Podcast, the post-Thanksgiving week edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Let's be among the last to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Travis Grins, my good friend, joining me alongside this uh, this week's episode, as always. Uh, Travis, happy Thanksgiving to you. How was your Thanksgiving? I'd like to be one of the first to wish you a happy 4th of July. <laughs> Thank you, and can I wish you the same and a happy Labor Day as well? Sure. Get, it, get it out of the way, get it done with. Yeah, Thanksgiving was fine. It was good. I had jerky and stuff, so it was, uh, was alright. When you say in stuff, did you have stuffing as well? We did. Stuffing potatoes. We do a thing. I think it's uh, corn, uh, way too much butter. We got corn, way too much butter, and mac and cheese. In a thing, and that's a thing. That's always good. So oh. that's maybe something, something a little special. That maybe we don't find everywhere. That sounds tasty. I had two slices of P2 plates, and I thought I was going to die. So uh, I've never had pecan pie. I had uh, a couple pieces of pumpkin over the weekend. Well, and it doesn't beat strawberry pie. We talked about this last week. No, Al's Oasis no. has the best strawberry pie in the world, in my opinion, but. A strawberry pie is a delight. Um, number of different places we can start this week. College football. You want to start college football? Okay. Uh, rivalry week last week. And uh, you know what? Michigan shit the bed against Ohio State. I don't think there's any other way to, to say it. Uh, they looked terrible, especially defensively. Uh that, that was not a good performance by Jim Harbaugh and company. No, it was a disappointment. We were all hoping they could do it. But they won once in 15 years. It's not good. It's yeah. not good. Uh, Michigan's better than Ohio State this year. They should have won. They still scored 39 points, so that's good. But turnovers and big plays and 60-some points, it wasn't good. No. Um, I thought it was interesting. Joe Klatt, the announcers, Gus Johnson. Mm-hmm. At the end of the game, they were all about what, what a what a redemption story for Urban Meyer. I thought it was disgusting. That's awful. Um, it's, it's not a fireable offense, but I would, if I was in charge, I would have a serious talk and say, "That's goddamn ridiculous." There, do not do that again. No, do not do that again. Say this: like he is the victim. I thought it was a disgusting and um, reprehensible act. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would hope they wouldn't say that again during the Big Ten championship game. Uh, which I thought by, they will. Uh, which, by the way, this upcoming week, I am so hopeful for Alabama to win, Texas to win, and Northwestern to win. I want complete what chaos, happens? and I want what UCF to get to beat Memphis and get in the playoffs, but they, I feel so bad for Mackenzie Milt, uh, Milt gruesome leg injury. Uh, it, recently, well, he's got blood flow back in his leg, uh, blood flow restored to the leg, so that's good. But I mean, he's in it for the long haul. Uh, terrible injury to happen to him. Uh, to a really good UCF team, but th- listen, it's paved the way for him. You have Washington State losing. West Virginia's out of it now. I mean. This is a golden opportunity for them if they beat Memphis, which I think they will still, regardless of Milton being out or not. 
If Alabama, Northwestern, and Texas win, they're in. I think it's it's that simple. Yeah. I don't so think it's going to happen, happen, but it's, it, 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 that's what it would take. Yeah, we, we know that now everybody has to have two losses for a non-Power 5 to get in. Everybody has to lose at least two games. That may not be enough. With the quarterback out, that doesn't help them. They got to jump Michigan, which they should if they win. Um, I assume they would jump Ohio State if they were to lose. Yes. I, if Georgia loses close, I think Georgia would get in if it's like a 10-point game. But then you'd have to see Alabama-Georgia again, which I don't know if they would do. It'd be fine, but I don't know if they would do that. I would say if any of those three teams lost close, I think they would get in over Central Florida. Those teams need to lose by quite by 20 points, I would say. If Milton were playing, does the Milton injury factor no, no, into no, no. this at all? It should. I think it will. If he was playing, then I would say yes. Give them the chance. They haven't lost in two years. Mm-hmm. But I... I would love to see what would happen if that were to happen. Now, if Central Florida loses and you add all that, then I don't know what happens. Do you put Michigan in there, for Christ's sake? Ugh. I don't know. Maybe you do. How about Minnesota? They just won the Axe for the first time in 15 years. What? In, like, if we're looking at results from last weekend, Minnesota thumping Wisconsin as badly as they did with arguably one of their better defenders, being ejected for targeting, which I didn't see. I didn't see the targeting there. Um, but that has to be one of the more stunning results from last weekend, wouldn't you say? Yes, I was very very hopeful that they were going to miss the ball game. I was hoping they were. It sucks that they won. That was a big surprise, yeah. Uh, Almost as big as, as Texas beating North Carolina. I hate Texas, as you know. I hate the coach. Their coaches hasn't done a lot, but uh, North Carolina, just an atrocious defensive performance. Allowing the garbage Texas team to score 90-plus. Disgusting. Wait. Is what I Wait, wait. This is, this is, this is basketball. Oh, basketball. Okay. okay. All right. I was like, oh, yes. Uh, that that was a... Uh... Yes. That that was that was not good. Uh, UNC really did not do a, a good job crapping the bed. And there's a tie between Texas and UNC now in football, just as well as basketball this year, with Matt Brown now becoming the new head coach no. at uh, North Carolina. Uh, very quick hire there. So ESPN loses another coach, another analyst, uh, much to their chagrin, perhaps. Uh, what do we think Matt Brown can do at North Carolina? Hopefully not die. He's 67. Um, yeah, I was there before, I guess, before we were alive, or like the late, early, early 90s. I don't remember that, but uh, he was there. Did fine. I don't know. They've lost nine games here last two seasons, so just don't be terrible. But they made the, the conference title game there a couple years ago. Like, he's not winning any titles. Don't get back to like an eight win team, nine win team. Just do good here for like five years and then give it off to. Somebody else see who his assistants are. I'd hire Cliff Kingsbury to be my off coordinator and mm-hmm. kind of groom him for the spot. That's just 
Yeah, Cliff, uh, uh, the most eligible bachelor, uh, court, I don't even know. He's, he's probably married. If he's not, um, I mean, he is. Yeah, the, the ladies love him. The ladies love him. He's a very handsome man. Uh, he's out at Texas Tech. Uh, Western Kentucky fired their coach, uh, but they've hired the Tennessee offensive coordinator. So, Wow, that's a great hire, Tennessee's offensive coordinator. If you can get the offensive coordinator from Tennessee, wow, jump on him right away. They're a great program. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, fantastic. Uh, my Hokies are, uh, I mentioned this with Charlie last week, uh, it's, a, it's very petty, very petty that they have scheduled Marshall for this upcoming week just to become bowl eligible, but they had to come back and beat Virginia very good on Friday, so congrats to my Hokies there. Um, it sucked that it had to snow in Pullman, Washington, because I think... That uh, tilted the scales in favor of Washington. Uh, they beat Washington State. Uh, let's see what else happened. Uh, Notre Dame wasn't the most impressive against USC, but I think uh, I, I'm glad to see USC lose, and they're out, and Clay Helton remains their head coach, much to David Schottenkirk's chagrin. Well, he's won 10 games the last two years, won at least 10 games. Made the Rose Bowl, what, two years ago? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... He's built up enough, I would think, to keep that job. For one, if he has another year like this, they'll fire him, and they'll probably fire Lynn Swan too. So, right. But I mean, I think, I think he's yeah. He's, I mean, he's got a freshman quarterback who's got a lot of hype who doesn't appear to be all that good. But um, I mean, they got to do better than that. I mean, we, but we've heard from David that you know yeah, how upset he is at the direction of the program. And I have to think it's a little surprising that they are retaining Clay Hilton for at least one more year. I mean, next year's the year. I mean, they got to, they got to, you know, win the South, but they, they got to do something. Remember, what was it, like 15 years ago or so, didn't Kentucky's head coach get a premature Gatorade yeah. bath? And then didn't they lose? Wasn't that to LSU? It was to LSU. Deja, well, not deja vu. But uh, karma comes back to bite LSU this last weekend. Uh, they give Ed Orgeron a bath after it appeared they had won the game on an interception um, by you know Texas A&M's quarterback Mond threw it uh, through a pick. But they said his knee was down upon review. Texas A&M scored a touchdown to tie the game. And then seven overtimes later, they beat LSU 74-72. Um, Why are we giving Gatorade baths with being A&M? I don't big rival, sure, yeah, big fucking rival. Why are we giving Gatorade baths beating a seven eight win team? Is it really a rivalry though? Is it real? I mean, Texas A and M has been their, Texas A and M has been in the their SEC for like five minutes, rivalry. haven't they? That's their default rivalry. I mean, you got what Penn State, Maryland. Since they don't have any rivals, it's just Penn State plays Maryland every year at the end. Just these two teams that. Their other rivals are playing somebody more important. See, I think LSU, LSU and Arkansas is the rivalry. Sure, but what are we doing giving Gatorade? What are we doing? What's this for? Well, what's happened this all in the conference championship qualifier? What? What are we doing? That's not even for being a, a team ranked better than you. No. I mean, fucking deal. You beat A and M. A lot of teams beat A and M. They're not. They're not great. No. They're eight and four. They're always eight and four. No. Jesus. Then they finished. Uh, a and M finished second in the West. Yeah, I don't get it. Unbelievable. I don't get it either. 
Um, Arizona State. I mean, that was a great, I mean, that was a great game. I saw the overtime. I got about third, fourth overtime. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this game's still going on. It was it was fantastic. Seems like it always ends at seven overtimes. Sometimes we'll get an eight overtime game. Seems like it always ends at seven. Uh, so that was the most points ever in a Division One A game. But it was good to see. I thought the game of the game of the week though was Oklahoma. West Virginia. Yes. Oh, I wish West Virginia would have won. Uh, golden opportunity lost, I tell you. Yeah. I mean, uh, if Oklahoma and Ohio State win, even if even if they beat Northwestern by 60 and Oklahoma barely beats Texas, I don't see how you can put in Ohio State. You've already uttered, uh, I talked about this last week, wherever the standings are this week, they have to say the same, I think. How, what, what, there's nothing in my mind that Ohio State can do that they can jump Oklahoma. Who's had the more play. impressive win, though, this year? They've got the best win against Michigan, but uh, losing to Purdue, I love Purdue. They were 6-6, six and six, easily could have been 9-3, and three, but they lost that game by 29 points. So, <clears throat> I mean, they got the best win, but they've got the best loss. They've not looked impressive. The Maryland game mm-hmm. uh, was not good. The Nebraska game was not good. Heck, even um, the Minnesota game wasn't that good. No. So Ohio State, not impressive. I mean, how, how, how do you justify, if you did not jump Oklahoma this week, why the hell would you jump them next week? When Oklahoma beats Texas, the only team that's beaten them, second best team in the conference, Northwestern, I love them too. But generously, they're like the fifth best team in the in the Big Ten. No, you're absolutely right because they're they're based on how they how it looks now. And Texas is a better opponent for Oklahoma than oh. Northwestern is for Ohio State. Oh, what? No, what? What's the date? What's the date? Uh, the November twenty seventh. What? I've got milk. It's gone bad already at the 27th. When does that happen? What in the hell? Well, when did you buy it? I don't know, but the due date's the 27th, and usually it's at least a couple days after the date. Jesus Christ. (laughs) That's just goddamn rude. That really sucks. Anyway, yeah. (laughs) I mean, Oklahoma. They're, I mean, they're offense. Everybody talks about their shitty uh, defense, and it's terrible. But they have the best offense in the country. So I'd love to see them in Oklahoma. Oklahoma probably put uh, them in Alabama. Alabama probably put 60 up on them. But uh, I think I would much rather see that in Ohio State. Uh, A number of teams got shut out from bowl contention this last week. Um, Florida Atlantic lost at home to Charlotte. That's not good. Um Colorado's not going to bowl game. They finished the year with seven straight losses. They fired their head coach. So what uh, teams are getting left out here? Yeah, it, well, you would think. Arizona lost to Arizona State. Too bad for them. Uh, Indiana lost to Purdue. Texas so Tech. So what, lo- what six and six teams are getting left out? Well, that's the thing. So I sent a tweet out over the week because I counted it all up. And I, like Army's getting a nine and two or ten and two. I mean, Army's going to armed forces. Are they? I mean, there's been talk that Army like, might I mean, get left out. 
How, how do you leave Army out? I, they'll be 10 and 2. Because they aren't affiliated with any sort of bull. Because they're independent. They don't go to the armed, armed forces, bull. Well, well, I, I would hope so. But all yeah, I'm saying is, so I counted it all up this weekend, and there's 82 teams currently that are bowl eligible, I believe. Uh, um, by next week's end, there could be 84 if Virginia Tech and Liberty win. And, and maybe Liberty's not bowl eligible. Uh, but, I mean, they win next week, they get to six wins. They have to beat Norfolk State to do it. Virginia Tech has to beat Marshall. So let's say that happens. You have 84 teams with set for 78 spots. So I sent a tweet out there this weekend. What is the best way to do it? I say you have to increase bowl eligibility to 7 and 5 and then create a criteria with and you we can debate we can debate as to as to what criteria is in there. I definitely think conference wins need to factor into this. Um, the APR, the same way they do it with the five and seven, whatever your you know APR graduation rate, whatever the hell that okay. is, based on academics. Okay, that's fine. I mean, because I don't want the same Power Five teams to get in year in and year out, and we we exclude the the Eastern Michigans or the. Louisiana Monroe's of the world. I don't want that to happen because those teams deserve to at least get to a bowl game if they if they're six and six and they meet the criteria. Um, the APR that that's totally fine, but the I don't think the answer is more bowl games. But I wonder. No. I just wonder what your take is on this because there are going to be some teams. I and I just uh-huh. checked. I think it was like Jerry Palm. Said that Wyoming would get left out, maybe Louisiana Monroe, um, possibly Army, which doesn't make any sense considering Army's nine and two. But just overall, something needs to be done to fix this system. I don't think it's more bowl games, but I'm open to that discussion. But something needs to change here because this is—it's ridiculous. If you meet, if if you are six and six which is what you need to be to become bowl eligible, and you get denied a bowl game, that's not fair. You should be able that's to go... Fine. What? That's fine with me. I mean, 6-6 six and six should be celebrated as we accomplished something this year. You're right. Like, this, like this doesn't happen... I mean, there's, sometimes there's you know, two or three teams left out. This year, what, there'd be six? Seems uh, a, a few more. There's a bowl game next year. I think it's a new one again. I think Coastal Carolina is going to host um, another bowl game. So that's a, I think that's an additional one. Uh, I'd be fine with seven and five. How many would that leave then? You have to actually cut back on bowl games. And I think I counted. There are a dozen six and six teams this year. So then there'd be two bowl games essentially without teams. We'd be four shorts. Right. We just went with seven and five, which which would be fine. Which would be fine. And if you got to take four, six, and six teams to fill it out, that'd be better. Yep. Um, I just I think it, you know we're so oversaturated with bowl games here that in and like I say, you know, if you're six and six this year you, and you meet the criteria because you're bowl eligible, what what do you need to become bowl eligible? Six and six. So if either. We need to figure out a system where any six and six team gets to a bowl game, 
or we need to update the criteria and I think the best way to do that would be seven and five this ain't we aren't handing out any freaking participation ribbons here or you know like like, like you might get it you know in 10 year old soccer like come on here this is this is college football we need to figure this out so I I don't know it's just something that I thought of and in it it just, I, I think seven and five makes sense, but college football won't do that. The NCAA won't do that because there's too much money involved. Yeah, like even going back what, a couple weeks ago, we looked at the old bowl games, and it was you know 20 years ago. There were only like 18 bowl games. So mm-hmm. what? I mean, there were a ton of teams that were you know six and six, seven and five that were left out of bowl games just 20 years ago. So they're just going to keep adding more bowl games. I. Uh, this year was a weird year. The bowl game matchups, we'll see what they are, but they don't seem very intriguing, especially the the New Year Six. Yep. Like they, they like we might get like Michigan, Florida. These teams had plenty. Um, you know, Central Florida may play LSU. Uh, Texas versus Ohio State, um, or uh, no, Texas versus Georgia. I don't know if they've ever played. So that's an ink. At least it's a new matchup. But the Rose Bowl, if it's going to be Ohio State, Washington, I don't care about that. But, um, I mean, we'll see what they are. But congratulations to the goddamn golfers. They get to go to the, the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit. They, they might get to go to the New Era Pinstripe Bowl. Just don't do Oh, boy. Good. But I'm not, I'm not out there with my opinion then on this, am I? No, you want seven and five teams to be the winners, Yeah, like this... Right? Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not Fine. crazy to to like to say that something needs to be updated here. No, because I don't think anything will. But it's fine that you know six and six should not be rewarded as some. Oh man, we went five hundred. We get you know, next two weeks to practice. It's you know, it seven is, five would be better. It is critical, or it is very important for the Gophers, though. In this sense, sure. because they have a lot of freshmen and sophomores. I'm telling you, Crins, right now, this Gophers team is going to be really good next year. And really, really good. They're going to be good next year. They're going to be really, really good in two years. They have a is your quarter, is your quarterback? Uh, they'll figure that out. Um, I, is the defense good? The defense will get better. They're, they're starting freshmen and sophomores this year. They have like the highest percentage of freshmen and sophomores starting in the country. I'm just telling you, I, this is this is a team to watch out for for years to come. I'll be watching. I'll be watching. Okay. I don't think I don't think they they are a team I will buy at any point. Well, okay, I'll buy for you. How's that sound? You buy? Sure. I don't. They're not a team that I imagine getting behind here anytime soon. They're not the Nuggets. Nuggets beating the shit out of the Lakers here by 20 points, which is fantastic to see. I don't have to see myself getting behind the Gophers. Okay. All right. Uh, anything SCS playoff we need to talk about today? Um, look, the CAA got a bunch of teams in. They all lost except for, like, James Madison, and people are upset that Indiana State should have gotten in because they think they're better than those CAA teams. So uh, this is a ten- there's, there's a potential for a storm this weekend. Uh, they still don't know three days out if, what, if it's going to be nothing or something. If it's going to be something, I have no idea. If it's like three inches or a foot, they're not saying. So it's 
up in the air. I put it at 5,000 for attendance. If the weather's bad, I would say four would be a better over under. I mean, I think this attendance, even if it doesn't do anything, I think this attendance is going to be bad. Just gets going to be cold. This will not be good. Right. Um, there will be more people at U.S. Bank Stadium for the uh, U.S. Bank Classic yeah. than... Um... They're, u- they're using the Summit League floor for that. Are they really? Nice. Yeah, I think it's, it's on Twitter somewhere. Um, they've now covered up the Sioux Falls on the baselines with U.S. Bank Stadium or whatever. But the same court they used for the Summit League Tournament, Sioux Falls, they shipped it up there. That's what they're using. They're putting on the one end of the stadium, keeping the turf down, it looks like, on the other got some bleachers on the one end. So that's interesting. Um, um, do we do we have anything else college football related here that we need to get to? College football. Bop, bop, bop. I think I think Oklahoma they win their in. Okay. And are you predicting and, uh, Oklahoma beats Texas? Yes, I think so. Does does um, Georgia beat Alabama? I think it's close, which means like it's a twenty point game. If Alabama loses, they're still in. Uh, Clemson will crush Pittsburgh. Does uh, Does Northwestern have any chance against Ohio State? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Utah Washington doesn't really matter. Uh, does UCF win? I hope so. All right. Fresno State and Boise State. Hopefully, Boise State wins. All right. There we go. And I think I think you won the the conference pick. So congratulations to you. Thank you. Like Shot and Kirk, he may win the uh, other picks, which is good for him. Yeah, we had a you know, we kind of had a meltdown the last couple of weeks, but I had a chance there. Michigan screwed me. So be it. And uh, I had Oklahoma. I switched it to West Virginia. That was bad. Um, one other point while we're in the vicinity of of Brookings, um, family volleyball, USD one, they get in. Denver also got in. Denver got in mm. at large. Yes. A two, the Summer League volley, vo, Volleyball is a two-bit league. They, I believe they went something like 27-2 and two with an RPI of, I think, 43. So that's how Denver gets in. I think they're like a 14... Oh, I think USD is like a 14 seed. They see like the top 16, so I think USD is playing Creighton. Creighton's a 9 which I assume was like a three seed. Mm-hmm. So, and Denver gets in, and KDLT, they had to tweet out, you know, Denver gets in. Mm-hmm. Um, memo to the women's basketball committee. I saw that. Uh, that, that lead went, you know, USD had this, this, you know, we've, we've been over this, this goddamn season's barely started, this will be a discussion again. Uh, two years ago, SDSU should have been in over Northern Iowa. Mm-hmm. Better resume, uh, better RPI, better strength of schedule, better conference. They beat them head-to-head. That was a mistake. Um, and no point has USD women's basketball ever scratched the surface of being in the Final Four in, uh, Final Four out. Mm-hmm. And no point has USD women's basketball been close to bringing in. So and nor will that happen. Already. Yeah. Huh? And I say nor will that happen yeah. here this year. No, I mean, I mean that uh, if they go twenty-seven and two, I think USC will probably get in, but but they're not doing that. So um, it just it is ah these these stupid people that don't know what the fuck's going. It just it just again oh they went undefeated in the conference and beat SDSU twice. Well, that's yeah. Your RPI is 
60, your strength of schedule is almost 200. Look at the metrics. They don't understand. They just don't understand. And it pisses me off. Uh, Speaking of metrics... We'll talk about the net rating here for the NCAA for college basketball here in just a second. And uh, we mentioned the, the U.S. Bank Classic this weekend. Uh, SDSU is taking on Northern Iowa. North Dakota State takes on Drake. By the way, North Dakota State lost by 42 to the number one team in the country, Gonzaga. More on that in a second. Um, USD men lost. USD men lost tonight at Baylor by six. Baylor had a 12 nothing run to close. So. USG almost beat Baylor. And Baylor's not that good this year. Baylor lost to Texas Southern. But all this is a reminder that uh, we are going to the Final Four here in uh, in Minneapolis here. Uh, This will not be the the last time you hear me say this. It'll probably be a weekly occurrence. So, uh, sorry if you get sick of it, but uh, you and I are going to the Final Four, so uh, we're very excited about that. Of course, um, and last week, what a Damn good tournament out in Maui, uh, and a phenomenal championship game between Gonzaga and Duke. Crims, uh, if this is a, a preview for the final for the NCAA championship game, I'm not disappointed. I will not be disappointed by it. Thus far, these, the Gonzaga and Duke look like the two best teams. It was a very good game. I don't know if we'll see a game better than that this year. Is on four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, Gonzaga led by what, like 10, 12 points for the first thirty minutes. Then Duke came back, and the finish was good. Mm-hmm. Nice close. So somebody beat Duke. Yeah, Gonzaga looks great. That UND kid broke his hand or something. So he's out what another four to six weeks, or yep. that's what his original injury. So, um, yeah, Gonzaga is really good. Uh, they play Carolina here. In a couple weeks, they they got a couple of good, good uh, non-conference games here. So if they're not, yeah, if, if, if uh, Gonzaga is not, Carolina doesn't get them, or whoever else plays them, they they should probably be undefeated going to the tournament. So they're that good. I feel kind of bad that Portland and. Loyola Marymount and Santa Clara and all these San Diego have to play Gonzaga, the number one team. Like, they're just going to get... Gonzaga will mop the floor with these teams in West Coast Conference play. Like, it's not even a contest. We talked about them going to the Pac-12, which will never happen. I would like to see them go to the Mountain West. Yeah, I thought that was a possibility headed into this year. I I wish that would have happened. Yeah, I do too. Um, it would have Auburn, been Auburn. Uh, Auburn played with Duke the day before, so Auburn they were uh, they they were competitive against yes. Duke. Yeah, that was good to see. Oh, yeah. So maybe I don't want to say we were a little over enthusiastic about Duke because this is still a very very good team. But does this get maybe give us a little pause um, or cause for concern that maybe these freshmen won't be ready for these big moments oh. that come March? No, I mean, Williamson just broke the damn rim damn near against Indiana. They're just murdering Indiana here tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they were going to lose at some point. They might not reach the Final Four. We hope they do. But, I mean, that was kind of a blueprint of how to beat Duke. Um, Gonzaga played very well. Gonzaga had a couple of uh, couple of athletes out there that were just as good as Duke's guys. And, uh, I mean, you look at that game, Duke 
and they almost lost and almost scored 90, so that's where the top points to beat Duke. I mean, Barrett, he had 23 points, but he was 9 of 25 shooting. Uh, Zion only shot 50%. Reddish didn't do anything. He was 3 of 9. So I mentioned, you know, there's going to be a game here where maybe all three of these guys don't play well or one or two of them are a little off, and when that happens, that's uh, you got to you got to get them. They only made five three pointers the entire game, and they shot forty three percent. And Zaga made ten three pointers, and they shot fifty two percent. So, um, I mean, you had to play well. I mean, Gonzaga played very well and almost let it slip away in the last ten minutes. So you have to play well the entire game. You cannot let up because Duke's going to go on a run at some point, and it could be uh, a very quick run. And you're you're up twelve, and then you're going to be down twelve. Uh, if the Big Ten ACC challenge is any indicator, uh, the Big Ten is bad this year, and the ACC, once again, will be very, very good. I mean, Michigan State loses to Louisville in overtime, Indiana getting the, the crap beat out of them by Duke, Minnesota lost at Boston College. Um, I mean, it's just, I mean, Penn State with a good win against Virginia Tech, so that, that the Virginia Techs are ranked squad there uh but like michigan best big 10 team oh yeah probably they probably um they play carolina tomorrow night so we'll see uh carolina needs that win if if you're looking by the net ratings ohio state would be the best what team this? what is this uh, this is the NCAA's new. This is replacing oh, God damn it. God the. This is replacing damn it. the RPI. The net rankings. Um, uh, this is something that they talked about with you know a lot of analytics people about, and they unveiled it, and somehow Ohio State's the number one team in the land, and I think even like Loyola Marymount is tenth, and uh, Kentucky's sixty first. Like. Why unveil it now it, it, when you have such a small sample size? Uh, this is dumb. I, I think it has a chance oh, to work out, but you need to let it get into at least you know the first week of conference play before you, you before you unveil stuff like this. Like they don't unveil the college football playoff the first after the first two weeks of the regular se- of the season. They wait until what week six, week seven. Something like that, maybe week eight. Like there's there's time in between. They don't unveil it now. So why the NCAA chose uh, the week after Thanksgiving when the season's been what three weeks old, four week, I think three weeks old to do this? It's stupid. It's very dumb on their part. Um, I'd like to see it given a chance, but based on some of the criteria and in, in this initial list, uh, oofda is all I gotta say to pull an old Minnesota. I am, I'm, I'm- yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. The RPI is out there. It was out, you know, for it just started. It's just something they start. You know, it's out there from game one on. You can keep track of it, and you don't really take it too much too seriously until you get to, you know January or February. So, um, I mean, it, it's fine now. We'll see. You know, once we get about a month away, I mean, things. I'm sure. I don't think it'll be much different than the RPI. I'm sure, the RPI will still be out there. There's a website I go to. Is it Ken Palm? No, uh, realtimerpi.com. Oh, yes. Yep. So, uh, I don't know what they're doing. I think the women were like sixth or something. Well, they were like 30th or sixth or something. They were, and the women, they almost beat Baylor. They Baylor did. Close. They did. Uh, and they, they lose by six to Buffalo, which, yes, you'd like to beat oh, Buffalo, but, to Buffalo, but, but oh, Buffalo's a good right. team. 
That's bad. I mean, they, they got to win some of these games. They're probably they probably lose to Oregon. So they might win, lose, lose, you know, Green Bay. They're going to lose to Green Bay. They might lose five games. Uh, so, I mean, you, you, you do this schedule for the postseason, and you do the schedule to get a good resume, but you got to beat some of these teams. you got to beat one or two of them. Mm-hmm. you got to beat Green Bay. you got to beat Buffalo. you got to give Marquette a game besides losing by 40. Uh, so that, that's a disappointment there. And the deal is, I mean, if you want to get an at-large bid here or be in the conversation and you know, losing all five of these games, that, that doesn't do you any good. you got to win one or two. I agree. There's still time. Beat Green Bay and, and things will be better. But a very close game for the women against Baylor. Which was really good to see. Yeah. Um, um. The the men in the middle of. I oh. mean, they're they're they're. I don't know if it was a, a conference room at a hotel they were playing in, but it just looked awful. It was just embarrassing. You got you know Baylor a top five team against SDSU, this big rematch from eight years ago, and here to play the goddamn Holiday Inn Civic Center ballroom. <laughs> there didn't nobody there. It just no in the middle of the night. All these tournaments are fine, but it doesn't look good. Um, the men, SDSU has a new all-time leading scorer. His name is Mike Dom. Big uh-huh. game uh, down in the, the Gulf Coast Classic last week. SDSU lost to Florida Gulf Coast and Tulane. Probably shouldn't have lost to Tulane. But they come back, beat UTSA, and then Colorado State. So good wins for them there. They're the consolation champions for whatever that's worth. But um, we'll see if they turn the, the corner here now. They have to play Memphis coming up here next week. So that's they, a- can, they, can, they, can, they can compete with Memphis. I saw Memphis uh, in Oklahoma State. They played in the tournament, got their doors blown off. So I think they can play uh, competitively with Memphis. Maybe should win if they play well. Memphis, though, I'm telling you right now, next year, Memphis got the number one recruit. Penny Hardaway is already doing some good stuff down there. Memphis is a team. There, I'm going to say right now, Memphis could be a potential Final Four team next year. Well, let's not go that far. I mean, we'll see what this number one recruit guy. We'll see what he is. Um, I think Florida Gulf Coast lost all three games in that tournament. Yeah, that's so, not good. That's not good. We'll see what they do at the Viking Stadium here. Uh, I think Jenkins will probably finish second all-time in scoring. I think he'll be second. He scored more points as a freshman than anybody, I believe. Scored more than Dom. But we'll see. I mean, I think Jenkins is going to have, you know, probably 2,500-plus points. So, mm-hmm. Walters, he may be third in a couple of years. Yeah, you know who's – Yeah, Skyler Flatten went 6-for-6 six six from beyond the arc. I believe that was against – uh, UTSA. It was the first Jackrabbit ever to do that at the D1 level. I will say this about Skylar Flatten. I think that I think the Jackrabbits will. He's an X factor in this because when he hits those three pointers, they are a far more difficult team to beat. Because otherwise, then who, who is who are your threats besides Dom and Jenkins? Really, no one. So if if Flatten can become that consistent scorer, I think this makes SDSU a vastly more dangerous team. Yeah, Tevin King's good, but ain't going to shoot much. I mean, those four guys, that's a solid, you know, starting four there. Mm-hmm. And you put in, I think, to put in a freshman, big freshman guy. That plays a little bit, and they play two guys off the bench. But, I mean, they've got, they're not very deep, as we've talked about, but they've got two, three guys there that if they're all on, I mean, they can they can beat a team, but if one of those guys is off, then they're, they're screwed. So it's, it's a very thin line there. They're cutting. 
Don picked up. Yeah, and Don picked up a lot of fouls last week, or at least against Florida Gulf Coast and against Tulane. So I don't know if this is something where they're calling him for more things, or he just was a little more careless uh, with with picking up the fouls and stuff. But that's certainly something that I think we have to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think he'll be fine though. Um, my request is to run the table in this conference. Yes. Don't, don't lose a game all year. There's there's no team that really touches them. Denver, probably two. USD, probably three. Run the table. You want you want a eleven seed, twelve seed. Run the table. Yep. And don't lose to the teams like Florida Gulf Coast and Tulane. And if you're gonna lose, lose to Denver or USD on the road. Don't lose more than twice. Right. Yep. Can ill afford losses at home um, in conference play. So. Same for the women. Same for the women. Yep. U- USC has won the conference regular season many a time. This is their last uh, last hurrah here with, with this group. So please beat, beat these teams because yep. the league's not very good. Absolutely. Absolutely. So plenty more college basketball talk to come in the upcoming weeks here. Uh, before we get to the hot stove, uh, the Vikings beat the Packers on Sunday. Defense looked good. And all of a sudden, people are saying, oh, Minnesota, look at them. They're a lock to make the playoffs. And you know, their, their playoff chances skyrocket and stuff. I'm like, okay, time out here. Do you realize in two weeks, we could be looking at both the Packers and the Vikings with the same record? Because the Packers, these next two weeks, get Arizona and Atlanta at home while the Vikings are on the road at New England and at Seattle. The Vikings, it's critical that they win one of these two games. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, it could happen because I, I, I think both these games are winnable games for the Vikings. I don't know if they yep. will win them, but if you can split here on the road, I don't care which one you beat. You know, Ideally, I'd much rather have you beat Seattle, I think, because... You know that that would give you a tiebreaker advantage against the Seahawks if it were to come down to that for a final playoff spot. But for the Vikings, like it, it, for people to say, "Oh, now the Packers are done and the Vikings are have a great road." In two weeks, they're going to have the same record. The Vikings will just be have an advantage on them because they have the the tiebreaker. But this is by no means a done deal. Though I do think the Vikings will finish with no worse than a 9-6-1 record, and that will get them a wild card spot at the worst. Packers need to win the rest of their games, and even if they do that, I, don't, I still don't think they'll be in. Mm-hmm. I, think Seattle's, I think Seattle's the other team that gets in. Yep. If Vikings beat Seattle, the Vikings beat Seattle, Vikings are in, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Carolina has to play New Orleans twice in three weeks. NFL such a terrible schedule maker. There's multiple division opponents that are being played twice in three weeks here in the last month of the season. Um, the Lions and Bears did it just you know Thanksgiving and then two weeks before. I don't know why you would want to do that. It doesn't make any sense. But um, Carolina's got two against the Saints, so they got to get one of those. Uh, Seattle's got a bullshit of a schedule left. So I think it's going to be uh, – well, the, the NFC East will likely be, you know, uh, Cowboys, Eagles. Redskins will be what six and six or whatever it'll be after next week maybe. Yep. Three way tie. Yep. Three way tie there. So 
Uh, I would much prefer to play at Dallas than at Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Seattle at Chicago would be good. So I, I would prefer that. you got to win three of these five games. You do that, what, you go to nine, nine and six? Yep. So that's better than nine and, that's better than nine and seven. Not quite as good as ten and six. So, I mean, Carolina, Seattle, uh, those are the two teams you're, I'm worried about. You just got to be better than one of them. If you beat Seattle, you're fine. Um, and Carolina's got the Saints twice. So, um, it may come down to that Bears game, and Bears won't have anything to play for that final game. So they'll probably rest their guys. So I'm still not, I'm think, still not saying that the NFC North is out of the picture. Bears would have to lose to. I mean, they got the Giants this week. We'll see what happens. We'll see if Frank plays or not. Um, Vikings have got to beat them. Packers have got to beat the Bears, and the Rams have got to beat the Bears. Mm-hmm. If that happens, they've got a chance. Yep. And the Vikings. Vikings go four and one. Bears go two and three. Vikings win the division. But I'm not counting on it to happen. I would expect Week 17. Uh, Vikings will need to win that one. Yep. And the Bears will not play anybody. So. I I agree. I don't I don't think it's likely, but I don't think it's completely. It shouldn't be unexpected. Like a loss to the Patriots this week kind of you know, ends that discussion. Right, right. I I, I don't. I think they don't. It's interesting that the Vikings are six point underdogs. If the defense plays like, as well as they did against the Packers, and who knows? I mean, they might not, but. I think it's a definitely a, a very intriguing scenario here that we got coming up for the Vikings. You know, New England did not play well against the Jets. They did not. I would agree. Um, I think they'll be fine, but you know, I'm waiting for them here to. I mean, Houston's right on their ass here for this two seed. So yep, my well, Houston Texans Houston, squad. That's right. You got them. Yep. Uh, well, I, I would love to see you in New England and Houston. Uh, the divisional round. I think that'd be great. I'd love to see Pittsburgh and Kansas City in the divisional round. I think that'd be great. Uh, great right there. So. Yep. Yeah, the AFC's got a great potential, or you know, some great divisional games potentially here. Yeah. Um, so the Vikings finally make a field goal against the Packers. They had been 0 for 5. Jesus uh, Christ. I'm, I'm not going to blame Bailey entirely for, those, for either of the two misses because it was a bad hole on the first one there, wrecked the timing. And the second one, he makes the 51-yard field goal. I didn't see a false start there. If anything, I saw an offside. Uh, so it turned a 51-yarder into a 56-yarder. It, it, it is what it is. Um, I like what Zimmer said at half, but then, you know, to Michelle Tafoya, but then he, he ended up kicking a field goal in the third quarter, which was big. But... Uh, I tell you what, that's the sort of game that the Vikings need from Kirk Cousins, and they were able to get a running game going, which is big. Dalvin Cook's a difference maker if he's healthy. So, um, And uh, TV doctors are wrong about Xavier Rhodes' hamstring. That's very good. Um, I don't think he'll play this week against the Patriots, but um, if you can have him for the long haul, if it's not a season-ending injury, then that's good. Um I'm just glad it appears that the injury is not as severe as what TV doctors made it sound like. It appears he got shot, is what it appeared like. And uh, my idea, of course, is to give one player on every team a gun uh, with one bullet. 
uh, they can choose to do with now, that what they will. Now, Crins, Crins, we we have talked about gun control on this show here in the past uh, with all the gun violence and stuff. I don't think that's something that we want to actively promote. Well, I, I do. Maybe not oh. you. Um, I will. I mean, it, it, it is their second amendment. I don't see why Anthony Barr can't have a gun on his person. Uh, it was one bullet. One, but you don't have to use it. But if you want to use, it, you can. Um, right. To look like he got shot. Um, offense was good, but again, this was a game where it should have been like what thirty-one to fourteen in the third, yes. fourth quarter, and and they, they hung around. They hung around. They hung around. Uh, they went fourth there on fourth down instead of kicking a field goal, which I don't mind. Is the I agree. Called. If you get it, games done. If you don't, you leave them. Leave yep. them time. So I mean, McCarthy is going to get fired. So we'll that see sucks. what happens with Green Bay. Uh, you know, just Rogers. Rogers wasn't great. He moved around fine. He missed that throw to Devonte Adams. I mean, that yeah. that's the that's pretty much you could put that in a capsule, and that's the that it epitomizes the Packers' season this year. They're just off. Thielen, uh, he was amazing. He was quite last couple weeks. Thielen was amazing. Diggs, mm-hmm. he also killed a man on that touchdown. Um, just left a guy, just buried him in a grave, just broke his ankles. And the limbo dance was phenomenal. Best. Oh best. my god, this team, uh, this team is the best when it comes to the celebration. That was yep. the best celebration of the year. Yep, right there. Yep, uh, the Eagles and Steelers, I will say, have creative celebrations as well. But the the Vikings take the cake. Either it's duck duck gray duck, uh, duck duck goose duck. Yeah, everyone, yeah, yeah. But, but Minnesota. Um, the limbo, just very very good overall. I, I very much enjoy that. It was a it was a good win for the Vikings. Finally, they win on prime time. Um, that's always big. Uh, Chris Collinsworth actually had some nice things to say about the Vikings in the end. So that's that's a for what it's worth. That's great. The Packers are four six and one. Crins, you know who else has a four six and one record? Browns. The Cleveland Browns, and uh, they they pummel the Bengals this week, thirty five to twenty. Baker Mayfield threw four touchdowns, and afterwards, he had some things to say about former Browns head coach and current Bengals assistant advisor. I I don't know what the hell his title is, but um, yeah, he had some things to say about Hugh Jackson. Said that uh, you know they they don't think it was right that he went to a division rival, uh, especially the one that they play you know twice a year, uh, and he's also confident uh, or like they're more confident in the guys who are calling the plays. So shots fired, shade thrown at Hugh Jackson. I don't really mind either one. Um, some talking heads like ESPN's Damian Woody. I won't name names, but uh, Damian Woody. Uh, said that Baker Mayfield needs to grow the hell up. Uh, to which I say, shut up, Damien. Um, listen, Baker has some maturity issues. You know, he has to mature somewhat. He will. He's only a rookie. I don't. Hey, if he, hey, he, he better watch out because if he ever beats his wife, Washington may try and sign him. There <laughs> Uh, Washington, yes, uh, signing Reuben Foster, who was just released by the 49ers on Saturday or on Sunday morning after getting arrested for domestic violence charges Saturday night at the Team Hotel. What a what a messed up story that is. But back to back to Baker here. If you have any sort of issue with it, I guess it would be on 
him saying that the team didn't like that Hugh Jackson signed with the Cincinnati Bengals. And you know what? While I think that there's, to a point, that's fair, you also have to look at it as, well, the coach got fired, so he is well within his right to go to another team if he so chooses. And the he Hugh Jackson has history with the Bengals because he was the former offensive coordinator there before he became the Browns head coach. Now, it's odd about this is that Hugh Jackson is trying to help the defense, which obviously that didn't help at all on Sunday. Um, so I, I see both sides, but I, I guess for those saying that Baker needs to mature, I just say shut the hell up. That I mean, that's pretty much all I got to say. Seems like the Browns have finally turned a corner. They have. They definitely have. And Baker has since Hugh Jackson got fired. He's played so much better. They have a quarterback worth a damn. Yep. Uh, I think their defense is good. Yep. Um, they you know, if, they, if a couple yeah. of games would have went their way, they'd be right there in the playoff mix. Maybe they, they're 6-4-1 instead of 4-6-1 and one if uh, bounce goes their way or two. If the refs um, could have called that game against the Raiders correctly, then that's a that, yep. that's a win. It'd be at five and five and one. So there you go. Uh, they have a um, running back in Nick Chubb, so that's big. Yeah, they fi- they finally have a guy in Baker Mayfield who can be the face of the franchise and somebody who gives the damn, who wants to be there, who wants to win. They've struggled for this for twenty years, so they finally have a guy. So good for him uh, for standing up to to Hugh Jackson, who is. By all means, a terrible coach. Um, wherever he's gone, apparently, is just, just awful. Well, he's so, a good offensive coordinator. He's just a bad head coach. I mean, three thirty-six and one speaks for itself. It's not good, and as you said, they've gotten better without him. So I can understand his frustration. And I mean, coaches get fired sometimes in season, and, and we never see them go somewhere else. I mean, that was. And, and he did get fired unexpectedly, I guess. Well, that, that took some stones on his part to say, I'm going back to the team I used to be in. Like, if the Browns have a rival, it's, it's Cincinnati. So that, that took some stones to, to do that. I, I don't remember yep. that ever happening. Yep. And I agree with that. Um, I think the, the it, fact, I think what also factors into this, too, is the fact that the, the Bengals and the Browns hadn't played yet. I mean, they have to play twice this season. Um, and they hadn't played yet before Hugh Jackson got fired. All I'm saying is, I so while it is slightly unprecedented, we haven't seen it. It's not like it. It. It's. I'm fine Very with it odd. because it, it, a head, you know, a coach can go find a, a job, and there is a history with the Bengals. If he just randomly signed with the Ravens or the Steelers. Then you might have some more questions here, but there is a previous history with the Bengals. There's a friendship with Marvin Lewis, so I. It's not like he said, "Hey Browns, fire me," and then I, you know, I'll, I'll just be on my merry way. Oh, look at this! I, my, my car happened to take a detour to Cincinnati. You know what I mean? Like, so yes, we haven't seen this, but I'm. I guess. You're I, I'm I'm okay with it to a degree. I'm not I'm not up in arms about it. But I'm not up in arms about what Baker Mayfield said either, because I can see both sides of it. And he went from Texas Tech to Oklahoma, yeah. but he wasn't getting a scholarship at Texas Tech, so he, I guess, bettered his position, and he won a, won a Heisman Trophy. Right. And look, and he ended up being the number one pick in the draft. So, so that was probably a good decision, I would say, a good decision. 
Yep. Oklahoma. I'm telling you right now, buy stock in the Browns. Uh, playoff team within I'm two like, years. Yeah, I, I mean, I picked them to make the playoffs this year, so I'm all in on the Browns. Well, you also I picked the Jets be, to make the playoffs, though. So. Yeah, those are my two picks, and, and they're, not, they're not great. So, um, Jets and Browns, more so the Browns now. And, um, I'm yeah, all, I think they... Yeah. I, I'm all in with them. Let me ask you this. Do you think... What do you think Baker May? What would the Jets' record be if Baker Mayfield was on the Jets and Sam Darnold was on the Browns? Maybe a game difference. They probably have to just switch the records. What are the Jets? Three and eight, eight. four yep. and seven. Three and eight. Probably be just switch them. Browns might be three and eight, and Jets might be four and seven. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't. It, it certainly hasn't gone well for the Jets this year with Sam Darnold. Uh, and, and just, quite frankly, the, the future is far brighter in Cleveland. And um, I can't... I, I think even like a year ago or so, you would never have thought we would be saying that about them. But, uh, yeah, Vikings at Patriots this week. That's the big game. So we look forward to that. Uh, it's cold in fart. What's that? Oh, yeah, the Colts. Colts are probably the 16th in the AFC. Yeah. I mean, here, don't count out the Titans. I know the Titans look like a, they're a Jekyll and Hyde team if there ever one, was one in in football this year. But they have four or five at home, and their next two home games are against the Jets and the Jaguars. So those are two get-well games. Uh, speaking of the Jaguars, what a disappointment they are. And that that fight with Leonard Fournette and Shaq Lawson on Sunday, like just an embarrassment. The Jaguars are an embarrassment yet again. I think we might finally be done with our boy. I think he's about done. Yep. Yep. Uh, Peter King, for what it's worth, says oh, that boy. the the Lions should trade Matthew, or the Jaguars should reach out to the Lions, uh, trade a first and a fourth round pick for Matthew Stafford. Would that be a good move? I don't want a first and a second. That's not two firsts. For Matthew Stafford, a guy who just threw a terrible pick six against the Bears on Thanksgiving. Yes. Guy yes. who's never won a playoff game. The, I mean, the Lions have climbed from being the Browns to being at least able to make the playoffs every once in a while. So, I mean, they've... If they get rid of Stafford, I mean... They go back to ground zero. So, yeah. they've already kind of chipped away at their roster. But, I mean, if I'm Jacksonville, I would do that. But their defense, I mean, their defense is not good anymore. So, I don't know what happened there. Yep. But uh, their their defense is no good. Okay, how about this? There's, what would you say for quarterback? Okay, quarterback here threw two touchdowns, had two interceptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, he'd be 20 to 42. So a little worse than fifty percent. Yep. Through for let's say two hundred and eighty yards. So you're twenty of forty-two. Two hundred and eighty yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Is that a good day? Bad day? Okay day? I'd say it's an okay. I'd say it's an okay day. Probably leaning closer to. I I, I would say it's okay. That that's what it would boil down to. If you, if you had to pick between good and not, what would you say? Well, it depends on. See, stats can all sometimes be misleading because when did those are they garbage yards that were picked up late? Um, was it a garbage touchdown late? So I would have to. 
I'd have to know the flow of the game. I guess I would lean more towards good, but... Really? I mean, 280 and two touchdowns is it? But you have 42 and under 50%. It's it's an okay day. Um, again, it would it would depend on where it where it comes from. I mean, like when when were those yards picked up? What I did there was I combined Wyoming's yards with Bottles' yards, and this should have a game between my two favorite players yesterday or Sunday. I combined their stats from that game to give you that line. Because both played atrocious. Okay, but Josh Allen did run for close to 100 yards. He's a, like I said, hell of an athlete. Don't be quarterback. Be a tight end. Be a running back. Be a receiver. Do not play him at the position he is worse at. He was 8 of 19 for 160 75 of those yards came on the run throw. Half of his yards came on one play. You take that out. He was 7 of 18 for 90 yards. 7 of 18 for 90 yards. Christ almighty. And you're a professional quarterback. Jesus Christ. You speaking of another guy who just went from, I don't give a shit about him, to get him out of here. Kurt Menefee, uh, doing some highlights, said... Josh Allen, 3-3 three and three record. Maybe he's not so bad. I said, fuck you, Kurt. Get the fuck out of here. Never talk again. 3-3. Three and three. Josh Allen's 3-3, three and three, so he's not so bad. 7 of 18 for 80 yards. That's a game. That is a goddamn game from this guy. Can, Are you I, shitting me? I, shitting I, me. I, 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 can't, I can't necessarily disagree with you there, I will say this: I don't know how the Bills. He can run. He can run. Good yeah, I I don't know how the Bills are four and seven. I re- I really don't. This to me is one of the more baffling um, outcomes of the regular season thus far. Um, the fact well, that not, the, I mean, I mean, the, the how are the Bills just a terrible team? How are they four and seven? Vikings didn't show up. Their defensive end went nuts. They somehow also beat the Titans. I don't know what else they beat, but... Uh, well, the game, well, it, Titans and Jaguars, and who's the other one? Oh, um, they, they beat the Jets. I mean, okay, the Jets, you can understand. The Jaguars, you can understand. Uh, Vikings and Titans, not really. Those games don't make any sense. Uh, the Titans beat the hell out of New England a couple weeks, so that didn't make any sense. Um... To what Wild? What is this? His fourth year, fifth year? I mean, we we've gone through this. What it took him four or five years to finally decide. Okay, but they gave him the extension three years, fifty some million, half of it guaranteed nine months ago, because the defense played well and Bortles had the game of his life against Pittsburgh. And shocking as all hell, nine months later, he's done. Um, we'll go through the same thing. Three, four, five years. Josh Allen will be here. They'll cut him, they'll do whatever, and he'll join the long list of dead bodies of these terrible quarterbacks. This new football league that's coming out, they had their draft tonight, and they're picking quarterbacks. They're doing like a quarterback-only draft. You okay. should see some of the names. You should see some of the names on this league. Oh, give, give me some of them. Aaron Murray, he went to a team, former Georgia guy. Okay. Uh, Josh Johnson, 
the the black guy that always gets picked up when you on, on the random waiver wire. Yep, for, former. Uh, like I think he was a former quarterback at the University of San Diego. Yes, yeah, so somehow he was one of the guys. Uh, an, another garbage player, uh, one of my favorites, Christian. What's his nuts from Penn State? Uh, Hackenberg. Hackenberg. Yep. He was there to like Nevada. Um, just the uh, Trevor Knight, former Oklahoma and M quarterback. So that's that's what they got going on there. Oh, uh, yeah, fantastic. Um, so uh, anything else NFL related we need to get to? No, but I forgot to mention my two favorite teams played a college basketball game like Thursday, Friday afternoon. The Bad Boy Mowers battle for Atlantis, one of our favorites. Mm-hmm. It was Wisconsin and Virginia. Mm-hmm. It was 53-46. They scored 99 points. It was every Wisconsin-Virginia game you've ever seen in your life. Just basketball from 1952. Hope these two teams make the Final Four and somehow get stuck in a snowbank. Oh, my God. I think Virginia could make the Final Four. I may pick them to get there this year. Wisconsin looks pretty good. God forbid what? both of these why would you? Forbid. Why would you wish that upon us? We're going to the Final Four. Why would you wish would. those teams upon us? Why would you wish that upon the American people? Would you not don't like to see Duke just beat the shit out of one of these teams? Well, yeah, would I mean, you not that, love that? Yeah, I mean, that would be great. But I mean, I, I'd rather them not make it there in the first place. But anyway, uh, it's cold up at Fargo. I assume it's cold down in Mitchell. Well, fortunately, the hot stove uh, is, we've been keeping it real warm here this week. And I before we get to uh, what Josh Donaldson signing with the Braves, that's a big deal. The, the Twins got a guy too. The wins are, we're getting some wins coming here, Krenz, of Paul Goldschmidt to the Twins. How viable is this? Zero percent. Zero percent. So why the hell is it being mentioned? I think I just called on them to see what would happen. Um, they're not going to get them. It was good to see that they at least picked up the phone and said, hey, what would it take? Man, I mean, they're not going to get them. And I, I don't think I would want to because it's, he's only got one year left, and I would not anticipate the Twins spending the money they would need to keep this man past next year. So it, it, it was nice to see that, just to see it. But I think he'd go to somewhere like St. Louis or a bigger market like that. I don't know what Arizona's doing. They yeah. led the division for five months. I just want to apparently just tear everything down. I don't know what the Mariners are doing. The Mariners have already torn the thing down. Yep. Uh, Longest playoff drought in sports, I believe, right? And they were so close to making it this year. Mm-hmm. They get rid of their best pitcher, and mm-hmm. they want to trade Robinson Cano, which is fine. Uh, I don't know what their deal is. Oh, I mean, Buffalo makes the playoffs, and they just decide, now we're just going to start from scratch. Seattle almost makes it. Ah, we're going to start over. Arizona leads the division for five months. Ah, we're going we're gonna to trade folks. We want to trade folks. I don't understand it at all. Not a clue. Not a clue. Um, uh, yeah, the, I, I wish I could tell you as well, um, but I can't. Uh, but this Josh Donaldson signing with the Braves, they also signed a former Braves catcher he was with the Astros as of late, or the most recently, uh, Brian McCann. Uh, but Donaldson to the Braves, what what sort of move does this do for them? If he's healthy, it's great. I don't know if he will be. So it's a bit of a risk. 
bit of a risk to uh, to do that. One year, twenty three million. So, um, if he doesn't turn out great, no big deal. But if he does, yeah, that that helps them challenge the Cubs and the Dodgers. So maybe there's some shifting in the infield, but yeah, good good signing for them. What can you tell me about C.J. Cron, a 30-home-run hitter for the Tampa Bay... Cron, excuse me. A 30-home-run hitter for the Rays last year. Um, This seems like it's a pretty good pickup. Uh, They were talking about it. It would be a replacement to Joe Maurer, so the on-base percentage isn't going to be there, but the power is... Uh, I kind of remember Logan Morrison supposedly being that signing that was supposed to be really good for the Twins, and that obviously didn't pan out. So how big of a move is this for the Twins? It's all right. He had his best year last year. Um, he was with the Angels for four years before that. Before that, he only hit you know 16 home runs, only had about you know, 400 played up here uh, at bats. So he took steroids. No, well, if he if uh, he played more this year, this was the season he played okay. the most. So, if you give him 500 at bats, you know he can maybe get you 25, 30 home runs like he did this year. On base isn't great. Betting average is like a 250, 260 hitter. So, it's you know obviously whoever the Twins sign, they just seem just to go to the tank. They just seem to have the worst year they've ever had in their lives. So, hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, Tyler Austin, who they got from the Yankees. Did pretty well, so I don't know what that means for him. Maybe they both play there. DH, uh, first base. I don't know why Tampa Bay got rid of him. I don't know what Tampa Bay is doing again. They get rid of a lot of good guys, so we will see. But uh, all I just have an average year. That's all I ask. Just have an average year. CJ Crony, and, and uh, he should be there for a couple of years. So if he plays well, uh, he's a fairly cheap option, like five million. That's what he'll end up making this year. Okay. So, that's a move. I, I think uh, DJ LeMayhew is the second baseman for uh, the Rockies. I think he won the batting title two years ago. Um, he is somebody that they may trade for. Okay. I bet he's 30, Coors Field. I mean, two years ago he was great. This year he took a step back. He had 276, 15 home runs. DBB, solid, solid guy. So if they can maybe trade for DJ LeMayhew for second base, that'd be another good, solid, solid move. That's what I would look for. Uh, let's see. Kyler Murray, current Oklahoma quarterback, says he's going to go to baseball and he's going to give up football. That sounds like a good decision, right? Yes. Uh, he was drafted by the Oakland days. I heard the uh, it was like a top five pick. He's going to make like $4 million signing bonus or already has. Um, you can either have concussions or you can have free money. So pick which one you would rather have. Finally, I don't want to. I, I don't want to get into the political aspect. Um, We're all gonna die, Stack, and it's gonna be too goddamn hot. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, it will. Uh, global warming is real, regardless of what anyone um, who says it's not says. Uh, but Major League Baseball does have an issue here. Um, there's a Senate race that went on in Mississippi, a, a runoff election on Tuesday, and one of the the candidates, um, Tad, Hyde uh, Smith. yeah, Hyde Cindy Smith, Hyde Smith. Yep. he ended up winning by like ten points. Yep, uh, which was expected. Hashtag as expected, but she had some uh, uh, racial 
things. She said she did some dumb stuff during the campaign trail, like saying she would be in the front row at a hanging, um, and the the. I mean, just dumb, dumb things to say. Uh, Mississippi is a state known for their racism. But Major League Baseball made a contribution, a campaign contribution. And this was after the hanging comments had been made. Um, it was because of a fundraiser effort that they that couldn't get done. And I think Mitch McConnell is somehow involved in it. But either way, Major League Baseball faced uh, a lot of scrutiny and criticism. Uh, they have since asked for that campaign contribution back in light of more uh, up-to-date information regarding what Hydesmith said. I think just it's it's dumb because it was out there before they made the donation, but this does not put Major League Baseball in a good light. No, we just have to be aware. Just got to follow the news for God's sakes. Google, use the Google machine. Uh, it's just dumb, poor mistake. Uh, the Giants owner gave to her as well, so that's twenty seven hundred dollars from him. So yeah, it is odd that they would do that in the first place, and you just have to be more aware of what the hell's going on. And she won by ten points because it's the South, and we know what happens in the South. So. I really wish at this guy Espy would have won because then we could have said, "Oh, he won an Espy." Remember Mississippi won an SB. That would have been that would have been great. Yes, um, but I mean it's just amazing they can you can do you can do anything, say anything. You could you could have been a or the Alabama guy Roy Moore, an alleged child molester, and he barely lost. He he lost. I think it was twenty thousand votes, less than eight. Probably like, it was like half a percent he lost to Doug Jones. That's what it took for a Democrat to win in the Deep South. You had to be uh, alleged of child molestation. And even then, it was a fucking close race. Uh, I think that's that, that, speaks, that speaks to the, um, to the state the of the country, perhaps, or the, the state of the South, maybe the state of the South. The continued state of the South uh, would be... Well, look at where Mississippi ranks in uh, all of these categories of wellness and obesity... And education. And education. Just everything and income. And it's no surprise who rules, what party rules that part of the part of the country and that state. Like, you'd think after all, like, Jesus Christ, we're 47th in this and 45th in that and last in this and maybe we don't pick the same guys over and over maybe we do something different yeah, you would think but um i've come to expect that that won't happen uh back in the sporting world though um i think that's all i had then that we need to get to do you have anything else um oh the magic beat the lakers that was great over the weekend twice twice yeah, twice. Yeah, what happened? I mean, Golden State's kind of falling apart, but uh, Steph Curry's coming back from injury, so hopefully that will heal all wounds. Uh, anything else that we need to get to? Anything else that I've forgotten? I think the NBA is very interesting this year. I was told, I, I, I heard someone say that the Eastern Conference is deep this year. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Well, I would, I mean... As far as who's going to win it, I would say they would be correct. 
They have the they have four of the five worst teams in that conference. Sure, but I would say they have the two best teams in, in, in basketball. Toronto and Milwaukee, I would say, at the moment, are the two best teams. Milwaukee just lost to Phoenix at home over the sure. weekend. Yeah, yeah, that's not. Uh, they, they replayed that game I think three days in a row on NBA TV. They caught a lot of that. Um, if Phoenix could get Williamson or Barrett, then they could have something there with DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker. If you get one of the Duke guys, that might be all right. If you get one of the Duke guys with Doncic in Dallas, you may have something. Um, but I would say you got four teams that could win the East, which is exciting. I mean, uh, Detroit's a good surprise. Orlando's a good surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlotte may win that uh, division. I don't know how they do the, what's the, what's the you got to be at least a four seed. Is that still a- applicable? I think so, yep. Charlotte may have maybe the seventh seed, but they may get the fourth seed, so that's something to look, look, uh, look on. The Kings are at 500. That's amazing. The Timberwolves are much better without Jim Butler. Uh, Bob Covington's been great. The Bull, Bulls and Wolves played an awful game, I think it was Friday. Andrew Wiggins had one of the worst games of all time. And zero points, I think. Uh, the, the guy who's getting a max contract. He was 0 of 12, and his only stat was one rebound. Didn't have an assist. Didn't have a point. Played almost 30 minutes. Seems impossible. It's something that, like, if you were me play, that's what our stat line would look like. 0 of 12, one rebound. Couldn't you get uh, Nate Bob Walters Cubby? to sign in the NBA and do that for you? Yeah, he could probably do at least that good. I would think. Uh, Bob Cummington played great the other night, but he uh, he was one of 18 in that same game. You've got, like, two guys go one of 30, and you still beat the Bulls by 20. Oh, that's pretty good. But um, the Clippers have the best record in the West. That's something. Mm -hmm. Memphis is good. Denver, I like them, obviously. Obviously, yep. I think it's, you know, good that Golden State with Curry comes back to the pack a little bit. I think it just makes things interesting. And... Our boy, obviously, Ben Simmons, still without a three. 22 games in, we're a quarter. I don't think he's making one. I think he's not. I'd I, I put the number three. I think he's 0 for three at the end of the year. Okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> could, but maybe he'll have to shoot a few more because Markel Fultz is, is, uh, boy, what is broken. That is, yeah, he's, he's probably done there as well. He can't shoot. He can't physically shoot. It's painful to watch. That Some would say that's a problem. Some would say that's a problem. you got to be able to shoot, so that sucks for them. Uh, I watched from the 15th hole on Tiger Woods Phil Mickelson thing, since that was free, since they screwed up the streaming. Yep. I didn't see the... Uh, I saw that, I don't know, hour, hour and a half, whatever it was. They didn't play well. It was intriguing to watch. Woods had a hell of a chip chip in on the 16th or 17th. But he kind of needed if he doesn't get it, he loses on the 18th hole. And this last hole, I think they played it three times. This 93-yard par three, they were teeing off on a green to hit another green. And um, I was entertained by it. Did it meet the expectations, Um, though? They didn't play well. 
it really didn't play that well. Um, but it was, you know, at the end, it was close. So I got my money's worth, I guess, worth being free. It was something better to watch on a Friday afternoon than whatever football game was on. So it was fun. Top, top, you know, two best players the last 50 years, you know, end of their careers. It was, it was a good little deal. It was. It was. a. Uh, and Tiger said he was tired from, and that's yeah. why he did bad at the Ryder Cup. But, um... He's playing this week as well. It's like an 18-player feel. It'll be on NBC. So, if he wins, you know, I'm sure a lot of people will be watching that this weekend. Mm-hmm. Would agree. Would agree. Also, uh, that climate report, that was jarring, I guess. They released it on Friday, so nobody would know about it. Yep. But at least people, I mean, people picked up on it. They were still talking about it today. So it was good that it's, it's long-lasting. And it should be since that's a hell of a report. So. It is. And, and they, gotta, they, they have to quit putting people on TV and say, no, this isn't real. If you're going to have people on TV, you have to talk about the effects this is going to have to the different regions. And you have to talk about how we can fix it. Don't waste your time talking about, do you think this is true? No, we're, we're done. We're done with that. We're not talking about that. Talk about how we fix it. Don't who, talk about this other stuff. I'm trying to think who the the senator from Pennsylvania is. Who's Rick, Rick Santorum. Santorum, yeah. Um, he said some dumb stuff. Um, Quit putting these people. They have a choice. This isn't first take. Quit making it first take. This is the news. This is people's lives. Like 84 people died in the wildfires in California. Dozens died in the hurricanes. Quit making this a debate about... Cringe, if they had just raked the weeds, then that fire wouldn't have started. If it was only that simple. The thing about it is he lies about just the... The most random things. Like, he, he gave a, a speech in, like, a Boy Scout thing a few months ago, and then he goes and he says that they had the Boy Scouts called me and said it was the greatest speech he's ever heard or they've ever had at the Boy Scouts thing. And the Boy Scouts guy says, I never called him. I never said that. He, he, he just lies to lie. He can't tell the truth. It, it just It's just an amazing view of watching this guy for five, six years it'll be here in a couple of years and seeing this guy day in and day out just lie. He gave Babe Ruth the, the Congressional Medal of Honor I think it was and saying that he was drafted with this there was no draft back when Babe Ruth was around. Saying not a lot of people knew he was a pitcher everybody knows Babe Ruth was a pitcher that's part of the deal. Just saying like he was traded and they they traded him for this and a player. He was not traded for a player. He was just traded for money. Just these, these random things that don't mean anything that he lies about. Or he just doesn't know. doesn't understand anything. They asked him the other day, oh, he's uh, with the GM. GM's closing all these plants. Like 14,000, 15,000 jobs. And he says he's, he's going to threaten to, to take away their subsidies. He can't do that. He has no power to do that. He doesn't know that. It's just shit he says. Mm-hmm. It's, it, and it's so easily preventable. 
and so easily uh, you, you look at it and you're like, well, that's a lie. I can prove that right now. That's a lie. And it's just an amazing portrait of, of a man. Just, just, in a, just unbelievable, unbelievable. Well, we're all gonna die, um, but uh, you know, if we ride our bikes and turn down our heat, then that'll be fine. My idea is in the next ten years, every car should be electric. Be okay with that? Well, isn't that what GM wants to do? Do that. And now, they don't have to be automatic. They don't have to be automated. They don't have to drive themselves. Uh, within five years, make it you know, say twenty-five, thirty percent. You know, gradually do this. You know, to get to hundred percent within ten, fifteen years, whatever they think they can do. Start with that. Go nuts with wind. Go nuts with solar. Wean yourself off the oil. Wean yourself off the gas. If these companies want to make money, then go from the oil and go to solar. There's a lot of money to be made. Go to these different areas, and you make all your money. Because that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. That we, it's amazing that we let human civilization slip away because of money. Mm-hmm. Here's a hint: there's no money when you're dead. So if everybody's dead, we're done. So it, it's just unbelievable. The, the, the one thing that I hate: that we're going to die here sometime in the, in the, in the next hundred. Not years. you. I've I've got the Sorcerer's Stone from Harry Potter. I'm living forever. I feel like if I was, I feel like we're just on the cusp of like we're if we get to seventy or eighty, there's a chance we could live, extend our lives quite some time mm-hmm. through what we're going to come up with. Um, but I just want to see how this whole thing ends. Like in a hundred years, two hundred years, is this plan just cooked? How, how do we uh, fix that? Like if things go up like they say, like even three or four degrees, that's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. We get to go up eight degrees. I mean, we're done. Yep. Great. There you go. So that's my rank. That that's why I'm fighting for for Noah not to have to. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Die in, at an early age, so. But at least we don't got to watch well, Wisconsin Virginia basketball. There's <laughs> the positives. You know what? Maybe you know what, Crins. Thought here. What if we had Wisconsin and Virginia play, and instead of setting basketball back forty years, it set. America well, back like four years. And then well, we, it is already, well, set the climate back at least oh, oh, a bit. Right, but that's what I mean. Like, we could we could do some, irre, like, irreversible damage or uh, damage control, I should say. How big do you think it will be when there's a man on Mars? Man on the moon was a big deal. Sometime probably the next 10 or 20 years, we're probably going to send a guy to Mars. Be the first person ever to go to Mars. Like, is that going to be... I think it's going to be a huge deal. Mm-hmm. It takes six months. Hopefully the guy doesn't die before he gets there. Hopefully he gets back. Like, what What? A, what a deal that would be. If, if, if you were guaranteed to come back, would you do that? Yeah, potentially. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know if I really want to go to Mars. I barely want to go overseas. I don't know why I'd want to leave the planet. If you were, if I was guaranteed to come back, I mean, it'd be a year off your life. You know, bring some books and some DVDs, of course. But um, it'd be a hell of a deal. Looking at this, uh, this, this quarterback list in this AAF draft, oh, my Amon- God. Quinn McQuarrie from Montana Tech, 
got taken. I'm looking at this here, and I can't tell you. I think I know, like, I've, I've heard of maybe 10 of the names, but I'm really familiar with only four to five. I don't know what they're doing with this draft. They have quarterbacks today, I guess. They, they like, saved players or they saved quarterbacks. I don't know what is going on. Uh, Winnikey's going to be in this league. Onasorgi's going to be in this league. The uniforms, my answer, the uniforms are great. Uniforms, if you get a chance to go to their Twitter pages, uniforms, I think, are great. Um, they got Brad Childress, who's a jackass, who's a son of a bitch, as they called him. Um, Steve Spurrier's going to be a coach. I mean, they got some name like Mike Martz. They got some name coaches here. But, like So yeah, on the he, San Diego Fleet team, the only name I know is Josh Johnson. The Birmingham Iron, at least I know who Blake Sims and Scott Tolzien are. I don't know. I think Scott Tolzien's by far the biggest name on that. Uh, Arizona, Trevor Knight, I know who he is. I don't know if anyone else would or very few other people. Do you have rosters or just quarterbacks? It's just listing the quarterbacks. Don't know anyone else there. The Orlando Apollos. Austin Appleby is by far the the name I know the most, but uh, not, not great. Uh, they're at Atlanta. Aaron Murray, heard of him. Matt Sims, yes. Peter Pujols, Holy Cross, no. Justin Holman, no. Salt Lake. One of the Bill Salt- Sims' kids got drafted, I guess. Yeah, Matt Sims. Matt Sims from yeah. Tennessee. Salt Lake Stallions, I've heard of B.J. Daniels. Maybe Austin Allen, but no, I mean, for sure B.J. Daniels. The Memphis Express, Christian Hackenberg, and Zach Mettenberger. I know who Zach Mettenberger is. And then... Um, San Antonio, Marquise Williams, I think is slightly familiar, but the rest of this, it's just this is garbage. This does not make me intrigued for the league at all. So apparently it was on CBS Sports Network, which I do not get, but uh, I don't know what they're doing tomorrow. That's a okay. shame because the rodeo is starting up here soon, Krenz. You're going to miss uh, all the rodeo. I wouldn't mind having it. I would trade it in a heartbeat for NFL Network, but whatever. Such is life. Such is life. Um, we will, though, uh, any, anything else before we say so long? Uh, White Sox announcer, Jason, what's his name? Jason, uh, Jason Benetti. He's done the White Sox games last couple of years. He does ESPN. Mm-hmm. He was on Louisville, Michigan State tonight. He did the afternoon Maui games with Bill Walton. His college football. I think he's really good. I think he's. He called the, the Wisconsin um, Minnesota game. I think he's the best. He's my favorite guy right now. He is 35 years old. I think he's great. If I was in charge, I'd make him like my number one guy or my number two guy. You know, I think he is very good. I won't disagree, but you know who I will put as number one. Brian Anderson. Yes, of course, sure. Yeah. That's um, good as well, yeah. Uh, but I guess at ESPN, um, that differs because Brian Anderson doesn't work for ESPN. I think Jason Benetti, I think he's very good. Does college football, does the White Sox, does college basketball. I think he's, uh, I think he's very good. I can't disagree with you there. Very good. 
All right, my friend, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens this week at college football, and we'll be back to break it all down next week. All right, lock them up. We'll see you next week. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Krenz. All right, we'll see you. Travis Krenz, join us here at Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time and perspective, as always. Great stuff there. Uh, you know what? Not having Charlie on this week. We'll get him on here maybe next week. Otherwise, for sure, a couple weeks when the bull season begins in earnest. Um, other than that, yeah, we, we covered a wide array of things. You know, my, my thoughts on the college football bowl, like what, what, what we can do for college football bowl season. Increase bowl eligibility to 7-5. and five. Um, Anything for bowl eligibility to climate change and and uh, the Vikings beating the Packers, that was huge. The, the, the Gophers beating the Badgers, winning Paul Bunyan's axe, that's big. Um, but definitely, we're focused on the Vikings. Well, uh, we will wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast uh, with a look back now at Week 12 in the NFL and make some early picks for Week 13 in the NFL. Uh, so if we look back last Thursday, triple header on Thanksgiving on Turkey Day, Chicago Bears didn't have Trubisky. They had Chase Daniels starting at quarterback. They still were able to beat the Lions 23-16. A pick six by what? Edward, who, who is it? Edward Jackson? Eddie Jackson? Um... For the, for the Bears, late uh, broke a 16-16 tie, and they win 23-16. Dallas beats Washington 31-23. Mari Cooper had 180 yards receiving, a couple of touchdowns. Dak Prescott played really well in this one. Ezekiel Elliott threw some money in the red kettle, the, the Salvation Army red kettle. So that was uh, good there. Uh, they beat the Colt McCoy-led Washington squad 31-23. The Falcons had a number of chances against the Saints, but... Uh, just failed to deliver. They had a, a number of turnovers. That's not good, especially in the red zone. They lose to the Saints 31-17. Drew Brees throws four touchdowns to four undrafted players. First time in NFL history that that has ever happened. To Sunday's games, uh, Tampa Bay beat San Francisco 27-9. This came on the heels of the 49ers releasing linebacker Reuben Foster, who had, was arrested Saturday night, uh, charged with domestic violence. Um, Chargers, so that, that's not good there, uh, but the Bucks get their fourth win of the year. Jameis Winston over 300 yards and two touchdowns in this one. The Giants got out to a 19-3 lead against the Philadelphia Eagles. Saquon Barkley had a touchdown rushing and a touchdown receiving. They went away from him in the second half. He had, what, only four carries in the second half? Uh... And the Giants' offense went away too. They blew. Uh, they blow a 19-3 lead, lose 25 to 22 to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so a good comeback there, good win for Carson Wentz and company, and a bad loss for the Giants. You, you can't give up a 19-3 lead like that. You just can't. As mentioned, the Patriots didn't play well, but they did enough to beat the Jets 27-13. Tom Brady threw two touchdowns. Sony Michelle had over 100 yards rushing, so it's a good win for the Patriots. Uh, the Browns beat the Bengals 35-20. Baker Mayfield, four touchdowns in this one. Nick Chubb, an incredible touchdown catch. Also had a touchdown on the ground. And the Browns just rolled the Bengals, who lost Andy Dalton to a thumb injury. Jeff Driscoll will start at quarterback here for them the rest of the year. That's a significant loss for the Bengals, but their season is, for all intents and purposes, done. Probably the game of the day. Seattle beats Carolina 30-27. Just when you thought that Carolina was going to hang on to the lead. You know, the, a touchdown lead, Seattle would come roaring back. Russell Wilson had a fantastic fourth quarter. Uh, a couple of uh, nice uh, nice long touchdown pass on fourth down. 
uh, big long pass late to Tyler Lockett that set up the game-winning field goal. And they win despite Christian McCaffrey, Carolina Panthers running back, gaining over 100 yards rushing and receiving. Also, uh, what he had a couple scores, over 200 all-purpose yards. He was fantastic. So the, the Panthers squander a magnificent game by Christian McCaffrey. He's the first player in Carolina Panther history with 100 rush yards and receiving yards. Bills beat the Jaguars 24-21, game marred by that ugly fight between Leonard Fournette and Shaq Lawson. Leonard Fournette actually came off of the bench and got into the scrum, uh, so he's been suspended a game. Jaguars, seven straight losses, longest active streak in the NFL. Ravens beat the Oakland Raiders 34-17. Gus Edwards, another 100-plus yard uh, rushing day for him. Lamar Jackson had, what, 50, 70 yards rushing on the ground. Did throw a couple of interceptions. That's not great, but uh, he did enough to help the Ravens get the win. Terrell Suggs, a defensive touchdown in this one. Chargers spotted the Arizona Cardinals a quick 10 points and then proceeded to score five touchdowns on five consecutive possessions over the second and third quarter. Phillip Rivers completed his first 25 passes and was 28-29 overall. The Chargers rolled 45-10, but it's not all good news for the Chargers, who lost Melvin Gordon, uh, their running back, during the game to a, uh, it turns out it's a sprained MCL or an MCL injury. He will miss multiple weeks. The Denver Broncos got outgained by closer, over 200 yards to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but they forced four turnovers, they blocked a field goal, and in the end, they they intercepted Ben Roethlisberger in the end zone. The defensive lineman picked off Ben Roethlisberger in the end zone. And the Broncos went 24-17. to uh, Quite remarkable, quite remarkable indeed, uh, that the the Steelers were just done in by turnovers in this one. Andrew Luck led a furious comeback, and the Colts extended their win streak to five as they beat the Miami Dolphins 27-24. Andrew Luck had two touchdowns and two interceptions in this one. Dolphins had a, what, a 24-13 lead, 24-14, and just let it slip away. Can't do that. You gotta win these games on the road. Though Ryan Tannehill did look okay in the loss. Vikings beat the Packers 24-17. Vikings finally kicked a field goal or made a field goal against the Packers, which is great. Kirk Cousins was phenomenal, over 700, maybe close to 800 yards in total passing this season against the Packers, plus a couple of touchdowns. Um, and Thielen over 100 yards receiving, he's great. The Vikings win 24-17. Packers season is definitely on the brink of being over. And then the Texans, eight straight wins for them, 34-17 winners over the Titans. They spotted the Titans a quick 10 points, rattled off 27 straight, including Lamar Miller, a 97-yard touchdown run in the second quarter. Great run by him. This Texans team, I tell you what, they are looking awfully good. And as we head now then to week 13 and make some early picks here, Thursday night football is a fantastic matchup. Then 10-1 New Orleans Saints at the 6-5 Dallas Cowboys, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on Fox and the NFL Network streaming on Amazon Prime. You know, the Cowboys are playing great, but I'm not picking against the Saints. I think the Saints will roll in this one. Sunday then, Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. The Panthers are reeling. Lost three in a row, but somehow I think they will get the job done. Here, I, I'll take them over the Buccaneers narrowly. Chicago Bears at the New York Giants, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. 
trap game for Chicago. The Rams are coming to town the following week. Going to be on Sunday Night Football. But the Giants, if the Giants had beaten the Eagles, I think I would lean towards the Giants. But that's a crushing loss. I think the, the Bears get it done here. With or without Trubisky. Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. I, I don't know how the Bills have four wins. Give me the Dolphins in this one. Ryan Tannehill and company get it done. Indianapolis Colts at the Jacksonville Jaguars, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. If Leonard Fournette plays, I might favor the Jaguars in this one, even though their defense stinks and Andrew Luck is carving people up like a... a Thanksgiving turkey or like a roast beef on Christmas. Um, but I don't think he's going to play, so I'll take the Colts to win this one. Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon, noon Central Time on CBS. Who would have thought this would be a an absolutely uh, intriguing game to watch? I, listen, I, I like Baker Mayfield. I like the direction the Browns are going, but how can I pick against the Texans right now with one eight in a row? Till they lose. Give me the Texans. Arizona Cardinals at the Green Bay Packers, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Really? The Cardinals looked like they quit last week against the Chargers. No way they beat the Packers in Green Bay. Give me Green Bay. Los Angeles Rams at the Detroit Lions, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. The Rams have had two weeks to prepare. The Lions have had a week and a half, but they lost on Thanksgiving. Who knows what carry-on Johnson, the status of the Lions running back, is going to be if he's healthy. Lions can will be able to run the ball against the Rams, no doubt. But uh, I'm thinking that's likely. Give me the Rams. Denver Broncos at the Cincinnati Bengals, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS. The Broncos have won two in a row. Bengals are reeling. AJ Green plays. Maybe the Bengals have a chance then. But I don't know. Jeff Driscoll against Case Keenum. Ooh. What a what a matchup that that is. But. I will narrowly take the Broncos right now. Baltimore Ravens at the Atlanta Falcons, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Sounds like Lamar Jackson will start in this one again. Falcons defense isn't great, but the Ravens... Uh, Falcons don't beat AFC uh, teams that come to their home stadium. They, they've been, had a very bad record here as of late. I want the Falcons to win, but I'll go with the Ravens for now. Uh, the New York Jets at the Tennessee Titans, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Really? I mean, the, the Titans are a Jekyll and Hyde team, but the Jets just stink. Give me the Titans. Kansas City Chiefs at the Oakland Raiders, 4.05 uh, p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Really? Why would you pick the Raiders in this one? Their defense is awful. Pat Mahomes and company carve them up. Give me the Chiefs. San Francisco 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Why would I pick the 49ers? Seahawks roll. Minnesota Vikings at the New England Patriots, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. I'd love to see the Vikings win this one. I hope they do, but against Tom Brady and company in New England, too much. I'll give. I'll take the Patriots. Los Angeles Chargers at the Pittsburgh Steelers, 8:20 p.m. Eastern, 7:20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. If Melvin Gordon were playing in this game, I might favor the the Chargers. He's not. I think the Chargers or the, I think the Steelers do enough to get the win over the Chargers. And then finally, Monday Night Football, Washington at Philadelphia, 8:15 p.m. Eastern, 7:15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Uh, I'd love to see Colt McCoy win, but uh, 
I think Carson Wentz and company got the win they desperately need. They can get back into this uh, the playoff picture, the division race, the wild card race as well. Give me Philadelphia. And those are your Week 13 picks. The official picks and predictions will come in the stack. Um, you can find that at stackattack.sportsblog.com on Friday. Thursday's game, of course, we'll pick on Thursday. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Andy Stack, and we'll have a link posted to the podcast and the blog. Uh, the, the blog each and every time I have a post, which is about four days a week. Podcast will be posted middle to later part of each week. Or on Facebook, Nathan Stack. And again, the link to both the, the Stack, the blog, and the Sports Blog Podcast can be found there. Um, so yeah, there you go. There you have it for this week's edition. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Again, hopefully everyone had a very happy Thanksgiving. And we'll be back next week with plenty of reaction to the college football uh, playoff uh, the selections we'll know who's in we'll know the bowl game so we'll get some reaction um, some thoughts on what good bowl matchups there appear to be so for Travis I'm Nathan thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the sports block podcast uh, hope you tune in again next week hope you enjoyed the show this week and as always thank you for listening to this week's edition of the sports block podcast uh, find us on iTunes just search the sports block Facebook Nathan second Twitter at Andy Stacken. Um, so for Travis, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope you tune in again next week to another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a good week.